Hey everybody, it's Jack here. Um, just before we get into the podcast, I wanted to uh, address uh, our audio listeners, our loyal audio listeners to all of you um, who tune in on Apple, on Spotify, on whatever podcast platform you listen in on, whether that be on your morning commute or your daily walk, whatever that is, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you do prefer video, then the option is always there uh, to head over to our YouTube channel as well. couple of things. First of all, thank you. Um, it's been a really tough couple of months for Norwich City. Uh, and thank you for staying locked in with TNC as we try and navigate everything that's going on with the football club. We're really passionate about bringing a different range of voices on um, that are involved with the football club, that aren't involved with the football club, to hopefully give you a really nice 360 picture of what's going on. Um, if you are enjoying the pod, then please do feel free to review uh, on Apple or Spotify Hopefully by now you know how to do that. That would be really kind of you. Also, you may not be aware because you're listening on here as opposed to watching on YouTube, but we are sponsored by Lakens Brewery. They are my absolute go-to when it comes to beer, and they recently uh, launched a fantastic lager. Now, I know that not all of you are ale drinkers, and Lakens are well aware of that as well. That's what they traditionally brew. They do now have a wonderful lager, and TNC listeners can get 20% off using the code TNCLGR at checkout when you're, when you're buying some Lakens Lager. So the link for that is in the description of this podcast. If not, you can find it on the YouTube video. Um, so if you do fancy some beer to stock up over Christmas, then we'd really appreciate some love for Lakens who have been incredibly loyal to us over the years. Um, today's podcast is with EDP journalist um, Connor Southwell. I'm sure you're all very aware of Connor. He's a fantastic journalist. Uh, has been doing some sterling work in recent months. Um, this is an intriguing listen. Norwich have won their last game against Cardiff City. Does it change the landscape for David Wagner? That's what we wanted to get out of Connor. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Uh, sit back, relax, and, uh, and enjoy this episode with EDP's Connor Southwell. Hello and a warm welcome to the TNC podcast, your go-to Norwich City listen alongside the Pinkin podcast and the scrimmage. Uh, that list is getting longer, isn't it? What other podcasts can we I love how you that? change it every guest that comes on. <laughs> Got to keep Connor happy. We are joined by Connor Southwell. Hello. Good to see you, Connor. Hello. Um, remarkably, you know, the last time we had you on probably a year ago, still being told it's not Southall, it's Southwell. It is. So I've got I that think. right. Connor, Think. welcome. Do you, um, do you get annoyed every time he says it on our pod? Because we seem to quote really. it every week and he goes subtle and do, I go, do, no, it's not. The first time I realised that was a thing, I had a PE teacher in about year eight who said it for the first time and I was like, what is that? <laughs> um, and then I realised there was a racing connection, but that was the first time I'd ever heard no, it. The, but reason no, it doesn't I, bother me. the reason I do it is if Connor's watching, he'll pick me up and he's never picked me up on it, so he's obviously <laughs> never watched it. Um, lots has happened, Connor. We, we talked to you Mid mid November, second international break of the season, I think. Is it the second one? Yes. Feels about uh, feels it's been about seven. Third, yeah. But um Norwich are below mid table in the championship. So much has happened. I mean, how do you review things at, at this stage of the season? Are we where you expected us to be? Uh, no, I, I think not quite. I probably expected Norwich to be between anywhere about 7th and 12th if I'm honest so that, that was kind of my expectation for this season I think as a whole and they obviously find themselves um, underneath that so it's been it's been under par there's obviously lots of context and reasons as to why that's the case but yeah they're, they're slightly lower than, than I expected. Chris it's a, it's been a strange few weeks hasn't it I mean mood has been mostly down we yes. had a, a 20 minutes of up on, on, on Saturday yeah. um, but now that Stuart's left the football club that's official I mean, let's talk about Stuart briefly. What will his legacy be remembered for at Norwich City Football Club? I, I think I think mostly on the whole, when, when people look back, they will be like, Blumenek, he did a lot. He changed a lot. Um, you know, the, the training ground, for example, is one where I think, you know, that, that could have gone on and on and on and on and people could have continued to make excuses. And don't get me wrong, Stuart wasn't the only man behind that that happening there was a, a good team of people obviously Tom Smith was was obviously the, the guy behind the, the, the bond etc so lots of people came together but ultimately he spearheaded it um, you know and, and honestly I, I do I respect what he has achieved for Norwich City in the, in the time that he's done it and I of course naturally like any supporter would be disappointed 
with the two dismal Premier League campaigns, particularly the first one under Farker where we spent absolutely bugger all. Um, and I'm not talk sporting it here, like saying, oh, we should have given it more of a go. But like that was an absolute piss take, really, what we spent that year. And then I think, oh, obviously, it was a shame then that he went against his gut, which is around, you know, for example, hiring managers like Daniel Farker and then switched it to Dean Smith. I did see the logic in that at the time, but then, of course, that's that's all now history. Brings in David Wagner, whatever you think about that, it is what it is. But I think ultimately he he leaves the club with, with my respect, really. Um, but, but what I would counter that with, and as I've posted on social media as well, is I strongly disagree with all, and it is sadly all, of the fan pokey comments that have just been petrol to the fire and, and needless for the majority of the time. So I think I'm, I'm quite disappointed at, at I, I was disappointed that at, at Cardiff and um, that he didn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily that he didn't go over to clap the fans because I don't blame him after all the abuse he's got, obviously. But I just looked at that and I went, what a blooming shame, you know, considering where the club was when he took over to where it is today. And I know that obviously, you know, there's a lot of debt and, you know, t- table-wise we're in a, in a poor position. But yeah, I think for me, it's like, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a shame with Stuart. Um, but on the whole, he's done a lot of good. And I, and I think it's important that, that people do um, do appreciate that too. Connor, I think kind of, you know, the saying you, you die a hero or live long enough to become the villain is is quite true with Stuart. I mean, if you take his stock in... I don't know, 2020 compared to now, it's it's remarkably different. It, yeah, it is. And I think Chris is right in a lot of what he says. And I, I had the same at, at Cardiff. I thought it was a tremendous shame that, 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 that there wasn't that relationship. And again, I don't blame him given the way Blackburn went and, and a lot of the chance were obviously directed at, at him. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think ultimately his, his legacy will be the training ground. And he, I think what we saw from Stuart is he was a really good disruptor, a really good builder, probably wasn't the best at building on the stuff that he built if that makes sense and and that is probably where it's now going to be left to Ben Napper to try and take on some of the work that he's done so I think you can probably separate it I think off the pitch Norwich are in a remarkably better place than they were in, in, in 2017 in terms of infrastructure and uh, even sort of working structures and they set up a data and inter- innovation department which I think will be incredibly important moving forward on the pitch clearly recruitment is, is, is a lottery at the best of times I think and there's there's no real logic sometimes behind the why a player doesn't or does succeed um, but clearly in the last two years it, it's been under par um, and, and that's going to be going to be the legacy I think mm. I think it's important that the recruitment piece is interesting right because obviously Emi Buendia Timo Puki like all like those guys who would go yeah those are your, the, t- the two golden geese that, that, that he managed to, to get to the club lots of failed signings as well which mm-hmm. he is accountable for but I also do feel that in the Premier League um, under Daniel Farker and he's actually taken a lot of the flack when it actually there was at least three of those players that were signed that were Daniel Farker's men he adamantly wanted them and so I I do think it's also worth factoring in that you know of course Stuart ultimately it falls down to him he heads up recruitment but you know three of those signings at least in the Premier League that were absolute flops were Daniel Farker's men and so I, I, I also think that's worth countering in but I also have to contradict what I've said with all of the good stuff you have to acknowledge the bad stuff I thought um, your your conversation with Kieran Maguire, and obviously Kieran Maguire also came on the scrimmage as well and, and spoke about the, the debt situation. And, you know, it's a it's a case of facts don't care about feelings. We are actually almost in a worse place now financially than we were in, in, uh, in back yeah. in 2017 when he took over. So as I've said time after time, all stars um, and signs point towards the, and stripes point towards the Athanasios. Um, really uh, we need them to come in and save the day because we find ourselves in a very murky um, challenging financial situation now well look I think with all of this stuff once the dust settles we'll properly see what his legacy is let's fast forward Stuart's gone uh, and we thank Stuart for all of the, the good work um, and not so much the bad work over that time and for um, coming on the podcast by the way because he was the, the first he was the first person of, um, of, of that stature to actually do that and mm. I thought you know fair play of course, that was, you know, sing when you're winning and speak when the sun's shining and all that stuff. But ultimately, he rocked up, came into some spare bedroom, took the piss out of my bed sheets and really opened up candidly about the trials and tribulations of being a sporting director. So we have to give him credit for that. Let's fast forward to present day. Um, 
Connor, a confusing afternoon in South <laughs> Wales because you know I was I was watching it at home and, and kind of penning my my angry video and and well I've put out there in permanent marker my angry tweets um, and I think you know I stand by everything I said but it's incredible how a mood and a sentiment can change in four minutes. Of football, we were quite e- we could have quite easily lost that two one, and I think would have probably gone. Actually, we deserved that, and actually we've won the game three two, six points off the playoff. Dare I say, <laughs> and and everything looks slightly. You're a naughty boy, you are. Slightly clearer. It's amazing how football works. Yeah, it is. I certainly didn't see it coming. I don't think too many people did. It. With ten minutes to go, if I'm completely honest. So before that, they, I remember John Rowe having a, a pretty good chance at the near post that the keeper saved. Um, but beyond that I can't remember Danny Bart I think had a couple of headers but beyond that I'm, I'm really struggling to think of kind of clear cut chances but yeah it was kind of a result in a 10 minute spell that defied the form book that defied uh, feelings emotions um, everything really and uh, it was really good I, I think because the players have had to withstand a lot of accusations about application and uh, whether you know whether they care quite frankly and I think that was proof that they can do it and probably underpins a lot of the frustration because we know what the quality is within this group I, I did think Cardiff were pretty lacklustre mm. uh, if I'm honest they, they made a triple change on 71 minutes they basically took off two of the front three uh, Robinson and, and, and Bowler who were excellent and, and that kind of changed the game I felt um, but yeah I, I think it, and, and this is where it gets very difficult in the wider conversation because in isolation it's a really really good win mm. um, in the wider picture and, and, and this probably I don't want to lean too much into a conversation we might have in a little bit but uh, it's obviously what does it change and does it change too much and that obviously is up for, for other people to decide I think we need to give Norwich more we need to give those players more credit we do because we two wins in 11 games no 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 for that Cardiff performance because we have rightly slammed them in recent weeks particularly Blackburn where I think it was totally valid to question the endeavour of, of a few of those lads that are on the pitch um, just absolutely chucked it against Blackburn uh, really lacked character, but my God, did we see that against mm-hmm. Cardiff? And 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 I and I felt that we saw it in, in in an abundance. Of course, you know you have little slices of luck that go your way, etc. But we have to give them credit. And you you know, and I need to say this as well, Connor. Your match reviews have been absolutely outstanding this season. Thank Big you. reason why we wanted to get you on. And I really agreed with everything that that, that you said in that. Um, but but for me, I, I felt you know we did actually deserve all three points, and. Give them credit because Cardiff haven't lost a game at home since August, right? You know, they're no pushovers. I think it's they were like seven unbeaten at home or something, Connor, correct? Yeah, yeah played seven one five, yeah. So, you know, it's not an easy place to rock up. Don't get me wrong, and you know what I'm like. I, you know, I absolutely think that Norwich City should be beating teams like Cardiff away. Don't give a shit if I offend anyone. We should be beating teams like Cardiff away. But it was a it was a good result. It was it was the second half performance was decent. Take your take your yellow and green glasses off. Um, remove the eye test. Whatever the yellow army, who were absolute heroes, by the way, that travelled to, to Cardiff. Um, you know, whatever they thought. Looking at it statistically as well, we 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 were the team that deserved all three points. I think I'd seen we had five big chances, Connor, compared to their three. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took them, you know. It was a great, you know, the winner, for example, it was a lovely bit of work from, from Dimmy and, and Johnny Rowe. And then obviously Adam Eder again, who I'm so pleased scored the win. I don't know how, what your thoughts are on, on Adam Eder, Connor, but I was buzzing that he got the winner. Yeah, yeah, likewise. And, and just made a really important impact away from the goal because Cardiff were, were sat pretty, pretty deep in a pretty... Um, compact block and he just stretched it a little bit and that, that probably opened up a little bit more space for Norwich so yeah really impactful stuff but again I was probably sat there going why wasn't this guy brought on against Blackburn mm. so it's it, it, it is one of those and I do feel for him because actually you look at the amount of starts that he's had over his career he's not played a lot of a lot of football I think there's still a rawness to him which you know we could get into the whys and, and why nots of, of, of why that's the case but there, there is a really good player in there and it, it, I think his goal shows as, as the goal he gets holded at the start of the season there's an instinctive finisher in there who knows how to kind of smell a goal so uh, I, yeah I'm a big Adamita fan look we, we won the game and I, and I don't want to get, be too downbeat because it's a rare win so we must we need smile. to enjoy this we whilst we've had it <laughs> but it, I think it's important to look at wider context here Connor Norwich are still in a position in the table they don't want to be Zoe Weber has said publicly that the aim is top six this season if not if not promotion so we're well below 
expectation there. Let's take it back to two o'clock on Saturday. You're in a, in a chilly South Wales and you see <laughs> a defensive line of Poheta, Bart, Warner and Fisher. What's running through your head at that point? Honestly. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd had a little while to digest it because I think we'd, we'd heard murmurings that that was going to be the case. And uh, bold, I think, was my, my first thought. But there's a fine line, isn't there, between bold and, and, and reckless. I, I wasn't particularly surprised. Um, yeah, it, it, it felt to me, and, and it has felt to me in team selections in the last few weeks, it's trying to find a formula and hoping mm. that something sticks and clicks and uh, maybe rather than, than logic sometimes. And <clears throat> uh, yeah, it, I, I think it, it, after 45 minutes that probably panned out the way that I, the, the way that I expected. For me, PP at left back is insanity. I'm sorry, it's, you've lost your head. You have. He's not big enough. He's not, def- he's not defensively minded. I don't know why we continue to persist with trying him in that position, because it doesn't work. I mean, for the first goal, he was practically over the bloody English border again. He was miles out of position. Um, you know, and I, I, really, I don't want to single out players, but I, I feel for him because he just shouldn't be played there. And for the second goal, he didn't even bloody jump. Obviously, there's a bit of a debate. Was it Danny Bart's manner? Was it not? But for me, he doesn't even jump. And I'm like, come on. And then, of course, lo and behold, he brings on... His two better fullbacks in, uh, in in the Emperor of Norfolk um, and, and Jack Stacey, and we go and get get all three points. So again, you think, why the bloody hell did we not start with that? You know, we would have been so much more well structured, ish. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's just there's just experience there, isn't there? Like this is a big game. You need yeah. to win the well, game. I think, I think if you look at that back four, yeah, Kellen Fisher, who's made what two championship? Yeah. That was his second championship start. Same with Jaden Warner. Yeah, uh, Poeta, who's not a left back, and then Danny Bart, who's making his first yeah. start. So I mean, there's a lot of, of sort of strands to pull together into that back four, and it was it was a big decision. I do want to bring up Danny Bart. Right, we've got to talk about that. I, and you said on your match review, Connor, doesn't it just show what on earth? Have we waited to get to this point to give him his first start? Because he looked so good in the air. He looks like a proper defender, you know, like and almost a bit Grant Hanley-esque when he first came into the football club. He's got a bit, that bit of about, about him. What are your thoughts on the Danny Bart situation? Uh, yeah, I, I jokingly refer to him as Paolo Maldini about five <laughs> minutes in because that's, that's sort of the, the level of status that he's grown, isn't it, from, from not playing. But yeah, I've, I think he, he is what he is. He's very dependable, reliable. I think he, he took responsibility. I don't think we've, we've seen enough for that in, in the Norwich back line. And uh, as I said, the situation he was dropped into, I mean, it's carnage, really. For him mm. to be dropped into, into that, and he had to lean on all of his, I think, 302 games in the championship to, to get through it. And I think as the game wore on, and of course he ended the game with, with three different players around him than what he started with. So the circumstances were just remarkable. But uh, I thought he, he, he uh, you said airily, I thought he was excellent. And I, f- I felt it was probably a game that suited him because mm. Mate isn't one necessarily wanted to stretch in mind. And I think there was some vulnerabilities when Cardiff kind of were looking to get in, in beyond. But in terms of, you know, airily and, and, and what I would call kind of your, your conventional centre-back traits, I thought he was, he was really reliable and, and dependable and, and competitive. I'm glad you added that there, in Connor, because I, I feel like he dealt particularly second half with long balls and stuff. But mm. I think it, we're being slightly unfair on Gibson and Duffy, who've also, in those instances, I think, yeah, done agreed. quite well. It's when agreed. the ball is on the floor, they're looking to get in behind. And actually, when they did that on the two occasions... We conceded. I mean, we were we were so open in that first half. Just moving the the, the story along slightly, Connor, to Mr. Wagner, who you have to look at deep into the eyes every week. Mm. And um, I think the you know I'm no body language expert, as none of us are, but I think the the way that he's been talking and, and acting over the past couple of weeks, I saw a man who was broken after Blackburn. I don't know if you think that's the case. Did you sense a change after that win against Cardiff? Um, yeah, a bit. I, I think there, were, there was visibly some relief. I, he, was, he was quite, uh, I think Chris Gorham said emotional. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I was stood next to Chris when he was doing that interview and I think, I think there, was, there was that sense. It's understandable the amount of pressure that he's been under for, for that kind of reaction and I think to his credit, and, and this is something that, that isn't true of all managers who, who end up in the situation, perhaps wasn't true of, of his predecessor, um, he hasn't been spiky, he has answered all the questions, he's engaged with all the questions, he's, he's taken the questions for what they are, he understands why they're being asked. So 
I think there is that emotional intelligence to him, and, and I would just reiterate, you know, I think irrespective of, of views about whether changes need to be made or not, there, there is a very good human, not that it means much in football, I know, but there is a very good human being in there. And I think he has, irrespective of, of what you make of the job he's done, I think he has handled himself with, with yeah. real professionalism and, and integrity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, did, I did see a, a change and a switch, and it did look like a weight had been lifted, but as always in football, these things are only ever temporary, aren't they? A weight has been lifted off, off of our shoulders. I mean, my Sunday morning, Saturday evening was far more pleasurable having having won. It's weird, wasn't it? It's, yeah. I'm <laughs> used to this. Whoa, I know, it's really strange. Um, where does this leave Wagner now? Because, you know, we've been public, as I think most people have, that a change is probably required. Mm. Mm. Some would now say, I think it's probably still a minority, but some would say, you know, injuries have been a factor. We've just beaten Cardiff away we're on the up, there's a nice run of fixtures coming, we should remain with Wagner, or are you still adamant that, you know, Napa comes in and, and his mm. first job should be to um, to dismiss Wagner? I th- I th- As always, I want to stamp on that injuries point. I, th- I think it's I think it's an excuse. I do, of like, every team in the league suffers injuries at, at some yeah. stage. Yeah. I mean, Blackburn rocked up to our place with five players out or ill, and they won comfortably, right? And so I, th- I think... I still think you can set up um, well, you can be organised, you can be aggressive. But, but I mean, also on that point, I had a look the other day at the starting 11 that, that beat Huddersfield 4-0. So it was, it was gunning goal. Yep. Um, he's obviously missed, what, four, three and a bit games, four Which games. Which has been a now. big miss. Has been a big miss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stacey played, Duffy played, Gibson played. Duffy obviously suspended. Gibson's missed a couple of games. Yep. Uh, list played. Then you had, obviously, the two midfielders, Sarah and... and, and um, and McLean, um, Rowe played, Fashnak played, and then it was the front two. So I mean, a lot of those players, the core of those players, have been available throughout throughout mm-hmm. this run. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I agree with you, mate. And that's I'm pleased that you. It's actually nice to have some sense on this podcast, Connor, because you're backing me up for once um, compared to this fella here. So the injuries thing, I think, like it's an easy thing to lean on. Um, and don't get me wrong, as always, Sergeant Barnes, they they there's some fear factor there with championship defences they do stretch the back lines they do help us get forwards um but we've still scored most of our goals from midfield with them in the team anyway so i'm not buying that um where does this leave david wagner i posted at 2-1 down that that ben napper should pick up the phone um and dismiss him that evening um and it you know it was it was emotional but i still feel that that's the case and I and actually, it's for the case, which is different to maybe what some people think. I know that you're quite hard on it, Jack. But I'm like, I actually feel sorry for David Wagner because he's a nice bloke. He's he's ever the professional. He's not snagging off the fans. He genuinely really likes this football club and, and wants it to work. And I just think there's this element of put the guy out of his misery because he's. He, I think he's a dead man walking, to be honest with you, with regards to with regards to his job. So I, I think it's unfair. Um, but then I can also see the sense in getting it through to this international break because nothing's going to change with, say, Narcissus in charge, for example, um, with with the, with, the, with the same coaching team. So maybe removing David wouldn't necessarily help the situation. But yeah, w- w- with me, I, I don't I don't think this changes with with him in charge. Unfortunately, because I was all aboard the Wagner wagon. Trust me, I really was, um, and I was probably one of the last people to quote unquote turn um, again. But I, I, ju- I just think it's um, it is time to get some fresh ideas. I, I think Ben Napper will change it. As to whether he'll change it, you know, when this podcast is is released or not, I, I, I don't think so. But I do think there's a chance that that it could happen this week because it makes sense. You can't, as as you said on your review, Connor, right? You'd like to think that Ben Napper won't just look at that win at Cardiff and see a shite QPR coming up next and go, well, here you go. We could be back in the playoffs. Like, surely not, looking at how easily we've yeah. folded. But, but, but also, I think with sporting directors, and, and this, is, this is where uh, you know, you're, you're kind of crossing your fingers and hoping a little bit, but I hope whatever decision, and I think it's been kind of made to be quite binary, and it's either you back him or you sack him, kind of, you know, this kind of bit. I think there's a lot of grey in between that, which I think is probably where he'll, he'll end up, if I'm honest. But uh, irrespective of, of what happened on you know the last ten minutes at Cardiff, 
Um, because if that game ended 2-1, as, as you know, as it could have, and if, if the ball didn't drop to Adam Eder's foot and it ends in a point, I think the discourse is, is the same, that he, a lot of fans would have been calling him for him to go. So I think, I think you almost have to take a step back. You have to use all the evidence. He's a data guy. I'm sure he, yeah. he is doing that. It's 2-11, like you said. It's, uh, the, the defensive numbers have, have been horrendous now for, for quite a period of time. So I, I think there are pros and cons to, to whichever way um, but I think what is desperately needed is, is clarity for, for David yes. um, more, more than anyone else for the players um, but there, there needs to be a sense of direction I think it, it probably comes down to alignment does David Wagner align with what Ben, ben Napa wants to do moving forward and if the answer is no then probably irrespective of results really you, you have to change I guess to to a degree though Conor we've already got that clarity in a sense of Wagner's come out he said he has the backing of the mm-hmm. board I know that comes from more of a Delia Smith element to what do the Athanasios believe about this and Napa coming in but Napa I think I'm right in saying was involved in those kind of discussions so all we know if we're going solely off what's been said publicly by the football club there is support for David Wagner here. Yeah, and that, that was definitely the line heading into the weekend and definitely the line that, that they wanted to stress heading into the weekend. Um, and it, it has it is really interesting that I think David Wagner offered offered that up. I, I wasn't in the press conference, but I think I've watched it back and it was in one of the first two answers to questions that, that he served that up. And I can understand why why he did it. Uh, I would also say that ultimately it's probably Delia is never going to make, or Michael, and they're never going to make that decision on a head coach. It would always be... Stuart Webber as it was formerly as was the case with Daniel Farker going to them and presenting a case and then the board have to agree or disagree but it would probably be quite rare for them to disagree so Ben Napper's in a similar boat so irrespective of, of maybe what the majority shareholders think if he if he feels strongly about it and he wants to go and make his case he can do that and, and they can put a vote on it so I probably wouldn't read too much in, into that if I'm honest One thing that Ben Napper does have to make is a decision either way do mm-hmm. we stick with him or don't we? And he and he will be judged based on that decision very early on in his tenure. He, he will, and uh, I think there's there's as I said, I think there's also uh, this again. It's been presented very binary. I think there is probably uh, not that I necessarily think it's it's where you should sit at this moment in time, but uh, I just wonder if if he'll go need a period of assessment, you know, and, and all all of this kind of thing. Um, I know he's taken a lot of soundings from other people in and around the game on David Wagner, and I think a lot of those, from from what I gather, have been relatively positive. Um, but again, what he hasn't been able to do is watch a David Wagner coaching session. He hasn't been able to speak to senior players. I'd imagine all of these processes are ones that mm. will, will take a little bit of time. So I think, and, and to be fair, this perception's not been created by him, even though he was involved, but this kind of decision to accelerate his arrival, I think a lot of fans, and I don't blame them for doing it, have looked at it and gone, right, he's coming in to, to sack David Wagner. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it will be probably about, obviously, uh, looking at that and, and coming to a decision on that, but I wouldn't necessarily say that that, that will necessarily be the outcome. It might be, it, it might not. If you had the decision, which way would you go? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'd probably make a change. I think there's, there's, uh, as I said, I think the, the narrative is is there's enough of a, a kind of reason to do it um, based on on kind of what I've seen in in the last few weeks. Um, I, I don't think one win really changes much and I, I don't think I walked away from Cardiff thinking all the issues are solved. Norwich still had to score three goals to win a game. That's not sustainable in, in, in the long term and the evidence of the last few weeks shows that if you concede at the rate of knots that Norwich are, you don't you, you lose more games of football than you win. So this is this is where you would hope that a lot of the data is being used and crunched and the trends are being looked at. I'm sure he will take into consideration the injuries. I agree with you. I don't think it is a is a crisis. I understand why it's been offered as an excuse, not an excuse, a reason. Um, but I, I I think and felt and, and have felt for a while that Debris is probably a, a greater argument now for a, for a fresh sense of direction. I'm hearing lots of good things about. Ben Napper from from people within the game, not just at Norwich City Football Club, but but beyond that, I'm grateful for the fact they've they've given me that that sort of intel, um, and I'm really excited about him. And what I would be bullish with is that if he is a data man, he will make a change. He'll make a change. The data is abysmal. The performances are, you know, whatever you think of the performances and the results in isolation, fine. But the, the, the absolutely critical one, the huge red flag waving in Ben Napper's face is that we've conceded the most goals in the league. And Norwich City Football Club, and I, and I, I know it's arrogant, but it's just, I don't think it's an unfair expectation to say that Norwich City should not be the team that's conceding the most goals in the league, considering where we've been in recent seasons. It is disgraceful. So 
that's the number and I'll be stunned if Ben Napper looks at what, what's gone on this season and gone yeah right I'll stick this out a little bit longer it, it, for me that just doesn't make sense so I think as you say Jack you rightly highlighted there's a lot of pressure on, on Ben to make a change what I do find interesting is the dynamic between the supporters and the club is obviously fractured I think that's fair to say and I think Connie it was you that said in your match review that the majority would want to, to have a change now and it's is it a case of you know the writings on the wall and you know what is the chance that Norwich fans just all of a sudden switch back to Wagner's at the wheel and off we go to, to Wembley I just I, I can't see it I'd love I'd love to be wrong and I need to be clear for certain people that, that watch this podcast I would love to be wrong I would love it if David Wagner stuck two fingers up to me and went there you go Chris Reeve you were wrong I just don't think I will be I think it's it's difficult when you get in this situation with a head coach and um, you know, Chris Sutton's written about it before in, in columns for us and, and when a fan base turns and you look at it mm. and you look at the run of games even, let's say he wins the next two if Norwich lose the one after that then he's yeah. kind of in a similar situation that becomes very difficult for a head coach I think, I, I think it's worth noting here because the majority of this chat has been surrounding Wagner. This isn't the only issue, and it probably yes. isn't the biggest issue at the football club. But in terms of the way I'm looking at it, Connor, is I haven't seen enough good change in the past 10 games to go, this is moving in a in a good yeah. direction. I'm, I'm still seeing the same issues. I'm still not really seeing an identity about which, marriage. Yeah, which is exactly why I think to make a decision based on two goals in four minutes at Cardiff, that would be emotional. And, and I think as a sporting director, you can't be reactive in that sense. You, you can't say, well, on 81 minutes, I was going to sack him, but now they've won the game. I might just give it a bit more time. Mm. If, if, I, I hope whatever decision it is, and I'm sure Ben Napper will, will come out and, and do some speaking at some point this week. Um, I, I hope that it was made probably before the Cardiff game and it's almost becoming irrelevant because I think if you slot that Cardiff game let's say in the middle of those four defeats that Norwich have had I don't think this discussion is, is the same so it shouldn't be the same just because a win is, is stapled onto the end of it. And if we're looking at this from Wagner's perspective is there, a, is there a world where he goes actually like I was here to do a job alongside Stuart the, my, my thought process and my identity doesn't align with that of Napper and actually now's a good time to, to get out do you think that's the case? Uh, but, um, I mean, possibly. There's, there's always that possibility. I, I think the alignment point is, is an interesting one. I, I would probably expect that to come more from Ben Napper because mm. I think it, it's very rare in this day and age for a head coach to go, yeah, do you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do it because jobs are, are difficult. Jobs, who knows, David Wagner might not get a job at this level again. Um, I so that, I, yeah. I think you have to almost, if you're a head coach, be very wary of that. And you, you, also, you always have to think that you can ride out bad spells. Uh, and I'm sure he will he will think the same. And, and you know, as you say, Chris, it's up to him to prove that, that he can do that. Um, the evidence is, is weighed completely against him. It's up to him to try and turn it back if he's given that time. If nothing else, he should be sacked just to keep that stat you alerted us to. On <laughs> it's the, a great stat, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the 40-40-40. So yeah. Schalke, young boys, and now Norwich, Correct, he's yeah. managed 40 games, was sacked yeah. in his last two. He's now managed 40 games in charge of Norwich. So for those that like symmetry... Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I actually want to add something else in a bar just quickly before we go to, to the questions on X thank you as always for all of those contributions statements, rants and raids etc um, I'm actually grateful to David Wagner which sounds really weird me coming out with that but you've got to remember this absolute state that he found Norwich in post Dean Smith and was he, it a state in the it top was, six? It was a state, decent mate. squad. I, well, in my opinion, it was. I think he was he was brought in as a band aid, right, to to try to get this engine going again, which I keep referring to, referred to it as that under Dean Smith as well. And um, and you know he we limped across the line last season. Obviously, it was it was one win in eleven at the end of that campaign, and so I, I think there's probably he he's not an idiot. He'll know that he's a lucky man to still be in a job. He'll be he'll 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 be aware of that, considering the, the the numbers. And I agree with Connor. There's no way he walks away because you know reputationally at, at, at the moment, I, I I would be surprised if he got another job in the championship. But also financially as well. Mm. Why, why would like yeah. none of us in that situation? He's got a family to look after. Yeah, of course. You know, you, you would wait. You would wait for a payoff. Okay, let's move on to the Twitter questions. We'll start with Liz, and this is an interesting one, one we haven't spoken about since probably the last time Connor was on the podcast. Chris, Liz says, um, priority is for Napa to improve relations with press. Weber's failure to acknowledge the away fans on Saturday stales the warm send-off players gave him in his guard of honour. 
Fans need to get behind the club and can only do this with effective press information. What's the <laughs> what's the relationship between club and I guess we'll call you mainstream media, shall we? Is that a, I mean, yeah, I guess. more official I guess. Than, than than TNC? It, it sounds way. like we're going down some sort of conspiracy <laughs> theorist. And that, but, uh, to, to be honest, since the summer, it's 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 been it's been better. I think I, I would I would say and. Um, and, and obviously we're, we're extremely grateful for that. Um, it's obviously difficult and I understand why it's difficult in difficult spells and it's difficult for us all um, because none of us like to, to be having conversations about people's jobs and positions and all of that kind of thing and uh, or being particularly critical but I think at the same time you kind of have to say what you see. So um, it's it's significantly improved from, from uh, when I last came on. Is it the best it's ever been? No, and I think probably both sides would admit that. Um, but yeah, it's um, there's there's certainly a lot more dialogue happening now, which is positive. Going back to what what Liz actually said, though, it's a really yeah. important point, right? When Ben when Ben Napper comes in, he needs to understand that the relationship between the supporters and the club is fractured. Let's not beat around the bush or cover it with any bullshit. That after a couple of wins, it'll all be happy go lucky again. You know, we this club has. You know, it, I wouldn't use the word rotting, but it has been slowly but steadily declining over the last couple of seasons, on and off the pitch. Um, you know, as a, I just want to reiterate again, great for what Stuart did, but the needless fan pokes from him, you know, it it, it, it did create this this discourse between the supporters and the club. And so I, I'm really again another reason why I'm really optimistic about Ben Napper coming in is that I understand that he's not the bloke to do lots of outward speaking to um, to make big, bold, brash statements, you know, perhaps even a little bit more introverted than, than extroverted as, as, as a leader. And so I actually do think that Ben Napper coming in will begin to heal the relationship between the, the fans and the club. And of course, you know, you know, Connor's position and obviously BBC Radio Norfolk as well, um, you know, it's so important to have the press. I don't mean onside as in, you know, keeping them onside, but I mean like, you know, you know, having a good relationship with them is, is, is really important, isn't it? I think that's an interesting point Chris makes, Connor, in terms of Stuart was unique from a sporting director sense. He was quite public. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of comms and stuff. And and going back to Liz's point, it almost played into that weird scenario where you've got a sporting director at an away ground being given a, a guard of honour. I mean, when you're, you know, writing your live blog or whatever you were doing at the end of the game and you look up and you're seeing a, a guard of honour and you're going, oh, who's, who's walking down there? And you see Stuart sort of emerge from the end. You must have been thinking, have I had a few too many kind of Welsh lagers? I thought Chris Gorham was going to have a heart attack when he was <laughs> when he was calling it on BBC Radio Norfolk. He's like, well, well I, I don't quite... Uh, yes, yeah, Stuart Webber. I was like, okay, fine. I think, I, think, I think the shock came really is that... I was trying to think the other day. The last time I think I saw Stuart Webber on the pitch at the end of the game would have been in the title celebration. Villa. Villa. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's extremely rare for that to, to happen. And the way the way it kind of played out, David Wagner, it's not really got mentioned, but he also didn't necessarily go over to the away fans, which again probably understandable in the situation. Yeah. He probably wanted to let the players have have that moment as well, which you know as we've spoken about earlier, they they absolutely deserved. And so yeah, you know, I, was, I, was, I almost thought like someone had come on the pitch from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. like, who's, who's that? And then you, you obviously noticed that it was Weber. And uh, yeah, and then uh, the way it played out was they were, they sort of hung back a bit. The players kind of filed their way back towards the tunnel, and there were lots of hugs and mm. and, and, and and high fives for him. Um, I was probably surprised there was a guard of honour. That that did catch me out a little bit. <laughs> But I think it, they would probably argue it's representative of their internal view. He, he brought a lot of them to the club. He gave a lot of them pretty decent contracts yeah. as well, if we're, <laughs> if we're honest. And I think there is a lot of respect internally for Stuart Weber and what he's done, because as he wrote in his uh, endless statement, it felt like it was, it was well written and, 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 and well crafted. But he has, he's, he's brought a lot of them to the football club. He's uh, in some cases promoted a lot of people um, and, he's, and he's protected a lot of people as well. So I can understand why they did it, but... Yeah, I understand also why, from a fan's perspective, it maybe didn't read particularly well. He's certainly he's certainly uh, taken a few bullets for people over the years, that's for sure. Um, particularly management and and other people. And I think you've nicely summarised that Connor there. It's, it was brilliant. Um, Harv Harv says, statement, the Atanasios are not the magic bullet we have made them out to be. Self-funding will continue. He is not liked by Brewers fans and doesn't invest in the team. Now, Connor, you were obviously the... The, the outlet that initially broke that news of, of the Yanks coming to town. You know, how do you think, 
how do you think the perception is of, of the Atanasios now and and what impact can they realistically make now over the next season well because we need them to make an impact immediately right because we're in trouble at the moment yeah 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 um so I, I think I so I, for, I'll preface this I don't know a lot about baseball so I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> no, it, it, Connor, it, no one it does. feels to me a, like rounders but <laughs> With an American yeah. accent, but well, I'll that's all. That's all the Americans switched. Yeah, off. I'm really, I'm really. That's I just, right. I, I, I've never watched it, so I, I don't know. Uh, I played it on Wii Sports once. You know, when yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can cheat on that. You, you can, can, yeah, yeah, you can a bit, yeah. Um, but what, I, what I kind of, you look at their financial situation. That is a, a billion dollar, multi billion dollar um, franchise. Norwich aren't that. So the levels of spending, I don't think, are particularly comparable. So to say that they don't put a lot of money into the Brewers, so they won't do that at Norwich. I think it's, it's a slightly different situation I think the self-funding point and, and we've seen this in the accounts Norwich aren't really now a self-funding club I think mm. that's that's the evidence of that they've, they've got a essentially 40 million pounds loan to Mark Atanasio which um, you know if he does eventually assume control will will probably be written off but that's that's not the point it's um it's not what self-funding is so mm. so they have moved away from that but but yeah I, th- I think it's a really interesting one they clearly have the finances to make an impact it, it would be to what to what level um, and, and certainly, I, I feel it would be to a higher level than, than what we've seen at the moment. So that it's not always positive just throwing money at it, but certainly in modern day football, that, that is sort of the norm, whether we like it or not. I think that's an important point around not comparing Norwich to to the Brewers. I was I, I'd kind of seen this discourse on Twitter from the Brewers fans around, you know, we want the Athenasies out, blah blah blah. And actually, I think when digging into it, they'd offered their manager, head coach, whatever they call them, a five million pound or five million dollar contract. He wanted seven, so he just left. And actually, like you know, this is these are completely and it's, different. It's very stress. different situations, isn't it? Like trades and, and exactly. whatnot. Exactly. So it's it's very different from people having to buy stuff out and, and whatnot. So I, I did shake my head a little bit when I saw a bit of this on social last. I think I think I think some people have just like they've jumped on something. Like mm. I, I saw that the 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 X the post that was being banded about, and it was from like a random Brewers fan. Like it's not like a journalist mm. or someone particularly in the know and Norwich fans have jumped and go oh well they hate them and da 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 I'm like blooming egg I, I, find that, I found this quite interesting right is that the Athanasius have turned the, the brewers from a £225 million company to a £1.4 billion company right so it's not like they've <laughs> they've taken over yeah, they're just, stagnating they're, they're just not comparable levels from where Norwich are right now yeah um, and, and also I think they've uh, again I don't really understand how these things work but I think it's like five out of six they've, they've been in, in kind of like the playoffs yeah. for, is mm. it the World Series so competitively they have they have improved them yeah. they've improved them from a business perspective as well I'm not here to defend them it's not my job but I'm just not sure that they are comparisons that I, we should be making yeah I do think a lot of the angst also Jack does come from the fact that this legal process has taken yonks to happen right mm-hmm. and I think Norwich fans have expected it to for some reason take a, a, a shorter amount of time and I think the the angst and the the, the worry has become has been because of the the silence right but um, I anticipate that to change. Um, I, I anticipate that to, to change, in, it, certainly in the next month, but I, I would suspect in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I, I think that the Norwich fans will realise that the Atenezios aren't turned off, aren't uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, wanting out, or you know, are not interested, or not going to commit. You know, they are definitely all in on on, on Norwich City Football Club still. I think just go and I. And I completely understand that point and agree but it, we, we, we can't you know we can't pin all hope on these guys essentially no, yes. these are people that leverage debt they are in this because financially it works for them mm-hmm. um, and they don't care about Norwich City as much as we do look the Athanasios could change the pathway for Norwich City and we could go on this amazing run but it would be remiss of us to pin all hope on them and go they've got cash it will all be fine that might not work like that. Just moving on then, um, let's let's get a question in from, from Ben Jones. Um, he says, if you were in Napa's position, would you stick or twist with Wagner? I think we've already had that comment from you, um, Connor. But if you would twist, who would you appoint? <laughs> Names being banded about Lampard, Potter, people like that. I, I've seen a lot of traction with, with Frank Lampard and we had it after the- We can't the... get Potter, by the way. There's not a chance no. we get Can I just say a fun fact though, uh, Graham Potter, did coach Ben Napa. He was his captain at university. Uh, ben Napa was his, his, his captain at university. So you tell so me there's a chance. Hello. No, I'm not telling you there's a chance. But there, there is, there is Ooh, a relationship like there between the two. I yeah. know that. Yeah. Lampard. Hull Uni, I believe. At Hull. Interesting. Yeah. Anything in Lampard? 
Uh, I look. I, I think it's uh, there's still a manager in post, so I think I think naturally the there's situation. There's shuffle of the chair there, Connor. <laughs> I think the the situation that Norwich are in at the moment. Uh, there's always going to be people getting active and, and sensing an opportunity, particularly those who aren't in in work. Norwich have clearly had an interest before. Mm. I think that's that's obvious. They went to speak to him after Daniel Farker had been sacked. So. Um, I would probably expect him to appear on a list somewhere if they did make a decision, but obviously they haven't yet, and there's not a vacancy, so it's pretty irrelevant as a conversation right well now. Well battered away. I'll say well move things on quickly. <laughs> of course, Cardiff was a was a comeback win, and, and, and Jack Wright at Jack Birdbrain on X says, "What is the most satisfied satisfying Nodge comeback of all time?" I'll start with you, Connor. Uh, Forest. At home. I was going to say the exact three nil down. Yeah, oh. felt like it had gone. That was tremendous. Mate, my it? top was off that day. I was, was like, I couldn't cold. believe it. I, I was wearing a parka that yeah, day. So yeah, I know yeah. how cold it was. My parka was. Were you off. working for the? I wasn't at that. that point. So I was. I was point. fan at that point. Yeah, it's, it was. It Even was remarkable. Better. Yeah, and and what made it good, and that probably gets to the point of where we're at now, is it was at a point where the connection was reached. No one had left. I think it was like they were three nil down with like twelve minutes yeah. to go. And yeah. Everyone was still there, and there was still maybe this this hope. I don't necessarily say it was belief, but yeah, that was. Uh, certainly one of the loudest I've heard Carrow. O'Neill scored that day. He did. It wasn't, uh, wasn't potentially on the line one like at Cardiff. It was uh, two, wasn't it? Then he was there a cross as well. I was like to comment. Well, that was probably his last goal for Norwich, wasn't it? <laughs> you silly boy. I, I did, you I, silly boy. Hi, O'Neill. Um, I did giggle, Chris. Yeah, yeah, you say hi. I did giggle. Um, I was going through Twitter. We just won. I mean, so much to discuss around how the board looks, changing head coach, what happens, <laughs> and I'm seeing you coming out with, was it Onel's goal or not? And no, 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 it's I not a question. And I thought Rob point was about, well done for raising the most irrelevant... No, it's, not, it's not a question, it's a statement. Like All I'm doing is I'm just making it clear that... The, the ball goal, crossed the line. No, no, it hadn't. It had. Look at the goal, look at where the ball is. It wasn't over the line, it's Onel Hernandez's goal. Are you on like 20% of his goal <laughs> or something? Definitely not. Uh, definitely not. Answer the Nodge comeback one. I'll throw another one at you. Yeah. What about the Millwall, Millwall comeback? Is that is that and Millwall I, comeback? I think that was was that about four years ago Saturday yeah, or something. I, I season, saw some. Yeah. yeah um, that was brilliant. I'm just thinking. I don't know if it was necessarily a comeback. Going back to Lambert days, Derby County. Um, Simeon Jackson oh, last yes. minute. Yeah, it was. Have yes. we gone behind in that game? Uh, I think kept, it was two two. two, 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 two yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if that was necessarily yeah. a comeback. So obviously Middlesbrough back in the day. Well, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say I think that. Yeah, I think actually Middlesbrough I preferred to. That was Forest, one, actually. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of more modern day Premier League comebacks. We I, just haven't. There must have been some. <laughs> was it New Newcastle when Olsen scored really late on left-footed oh, volley? Yes. Possibly. Yeah, into the bottom yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I remember at that point thinking Norwich, Norwich is staying up. I thought and, the same, And yeah. it went very wrong from that point. Yeah. I think either Mill, in terms of, you know, last modern era, Millwall probably was the one for me. Because I think at that point you started to go, ooh, like there's a there's a real chance here. You know, when you get that belief yeah, yeah. and you go from being, you know, someone just in and around the, the mix to going, oh, I think we've got something. We, we've got all of the all of the assets we need. Let's try and get positive. James Partridge, name of the podcast, by the way. Congratulations, James. He says, positive. Apart from Leicester, we've scored in every other game this season in both league and cup. If we could get the defence sorted, we'd be much better off. Connor, agree? Disagree? Yeah, I really agree. I think, I think the data shows that. Um, and, and you had Dean Ashton on last week, week before, and, and he made the point. It's, he was watching. I do watch sometimes. I do watch sometimes. Connor Southern watches um, the podcast. But it was, it was what, seventh best in, in the championship and, and one of the worst defences. So it shows it's not a, a top two attack, but there's certainly evidence that if you could stop conceding goals, that, uh, that Norwich would improve pretty pretty mm. rapidly. But, but also, as I said earlier, this sort of moment that they're in that you need to score three goals to win a game is not sustainable so that that does need to change and there's probably been little evidence of it changing at the moment let's hit you with another positive statement um, for it from ashley a snelling zero zero on x he says christian fastnark championship player of the season heard it here first of course not but connor a positive at the weekend was of course fussy got got a goal on his 30th b day a player that's perhaps been a bit hot and cold this season, maybe adapting to, to, to the English game. What have you thought of his season so far and his performance against Cardiff? 
Yeah, I, I think there's nothing there to say that he's a really intelligent footballer. Um, that that spell he had just towards the end of Norwich's really good run at the start of the season, he, he looked terrific and looked kind of above Championship standard. Mm. I, I think he's he's Southampton drift- away, wasn't it? I think it yeah, was. Where he yeah, and there was also a home game. Might have been Millwall where he looked really good. Um, but he has kind of drifted a little bit. I think that's sort of natural, given that he's never played football outside Switzerland and the championship is quite something to get dropped mm-hmm. into. So I think all of that is, is quite natural. He's obviously not been helped because he's been in and out of the team a little bit as well. But uh, yeah, evidence there that uh, I think six months down the line, we'll look at that and say, yeah, that was that was quite a clever bit of recruitment. I think the nice thing with Fast Acts is, you know, he's, he's seemingly quite productive in terms mm-hmm. of when, he, when he's on the pitch, there's assists, there's goals, and I think that's been the criticism of other wingers. You know, they they look quick, they they look fancy, but actually, when it comes to delivering in terms of numbers, it's been a struggle. I think Fastnack's been really impressive. Um, let's get a, a question from I just love Norwich. Great, great name. Good name. Um, Connor, why have people gone from hating Eda's guts to now every time um, he scores, chanting his name? Uh, I don't think he's got any better or worse. It, I guess this is a perception question, isn't it? Of the, the the debate of Ida will keep on, you know, ploughing on until I guess Sergeant or Barnes returns. Do you think he's taken the chance of the the, the top two strikers at the club being injured, or, or do you think he'll look back at this time with slight regret? Um, for me, it was all about, uh, and and I'd frame it slightly differently. So I, I would say, has he been given a chance to take that opportunity? And probably in, in recent weeks, he he hasn't. And and part of that is because I think Huang has shown bits of improvement. I thought he was one of two, maybe of being kind, players against Blackburn who, who looked kind. okay. You are being I'm kind. using okay, I'm not going stronger <laughs> than okay. Uh, and, and at Sunderland there were signs as, as well and he scored a, a pretty good goal. Um, I, I think he is a better striker than, than Huang from, from what I've seen and, and I think from a club perspective, and this is just my personal view as well, it's always better to push a player Absolutely. that you have and are yeah. keeping and are trying to develop rather than, than one on loan. Um, but I go back to the point I made earlier, he's not played a lot of football for someone of, of, of his age. When you compare it to, that's, and Max is a slightly unrealistic one, I think, to yes. compare because he was um, he was a, a, an exception rather than the norm. But certainly you could put uh, other players of, of, of his age bracket in a similar place to him and, and they've played significantly more football. Um, I remember looking earlier in the season at one point and, and he was, I think, less or fewer than, than 20 starts he's made for Norwich City which mm. is just not enough to really say definitively either way whether he's good enough or not and, and this comes back to to probably his development and, and why and there are reasons from a Norwich City perspective they had Temu Puki it's very difficult to get strikers to the club knowing that they weren't going to play uh, so they had to keep Adamida in a sense but also in a best case scenario he probably would have gone elsewhere and, and gone out alone so has he improved probably not to the levels that anyone expected but I, I still think I don't think this is a closed debate. I still think there's plenty of of room for him to grow into. It's just about does he get a run of games that, um, that enables him to do that? And I actually think Ashley Barnes coming back from injury after the international break will, will be massive for him. I agree. I agree. He was bullish against Cardiff. He he used his body weight mm. well. He used his physicality. He was... I, t- I tell you what I liked about it. he was angry. Yeah, and, but, and but that's what kind I, of good. Yeah, good yeah, angry. Good. Yeah, and and we've not seen that enough from him. I think I think. For me, it's always, and watching Adam Eder, it's always felt like there needs to be something that happens for him. Yeah. He needs to have a positive contribution. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, here we go. Here's but it the feels player. like we've had that Everton in the Premier League, whole first game of the season. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't think it's a straight line as he needs to score a goal and then his trajectory will be like that. I think I think this is within games. He needs to... Oh, so at Huddersfield, it okay. was a cross for John Rowe. And sure. then from there, he looked a different mm-hmm. player. Sure. And... Um, Saturday kind of created it for himself but it feels like he needs a moment within games rather than it being this sort of up confidence down confidence we know he's a confidence player though right so I'm of the faith that when Norwich start to actually play average football at least he will start to perform better I need to really I want to I want to be quite aggressive back to back to that post wow yeah no I do I think it's I'm, I'm delighted that the crowd have gone the other way with Adam Eder now because some of the abuse, I, uh, was, I think was, that's uh, harsh on fans. No, 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 it's not. No, I don't, I don't care, I Jack. No, well, fine, all right. Well, I absolutely disagree with you as well. Fine. Then, uh, why are we? Of course, we should be celebrating the fact that we're supporting a player. I love the fact that we're shouting Eda, Eda, Eda. Fucking brilliant. Do you know what? As well, was interesting. What was the home game before Blackburn, Connor? Where Wagner took him off. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, and yeah. the fans booed the fact that that they that yeah. Wagner took and, him and, off, and, 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 and we were yeah. like, "Oh, I hope that 
I hope Adam thinks that that's not you know about him. Yeah, yeah. And I think that speaks volumes. I think it's brilliant that we're supporting Adam Eder now. Like we've got him. He is our striker. He's a better striker than Huang. We've seen what he can do against Cardiff and Hull and 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 and. He just needs that confidence. So let's let's not be like, oh, well, why are we supporting him now? Good, we should be supporting him. But there's there's also a perception point. I remember earlier on in the season when, when Ashley Barnes rightly was getting a lot of praise and I think at that point he scored the same amount of goals yeah, as Adam yeah, yeah. Eder and, and the conversation was was very different between the two. So um, it, it is perceptions and I'm glad that he's he's going away to change. I him. agree and I think the, the frustration towards Eder and, and whether that's frustration that's tipped into criticism has been we know the potential mm. of this guy. I was chatting to a, um, a United fan the other week who'd watched Norwich on the telly and he's going, what? Why is Adam not scoring more goals? He's he's tall, he's relatively quick, mm-hmm. he's powerful, he's got a good shot on him. He's got all of the attributes here. And maybe it is that 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 mental aspect. Just going away from the questions now, Connor, Norwich's next game, QPR at home on the 25th of November. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a mind reader, but you're, you're close to the inner workings of the football club. How do you think things will look at three o'clock at Carrow on that day? Will there be a different person in the dugout? What will Napa's first week or so in charge of have been what decisions will have been made this will be clipped up <laughs> yeah okay okay uh i i don't expect there to be a change is it was my view pre-cardiff and it's my view post-cardiff um I, I think as i've said a few times that ben napple will probably fall into that gray zone of i want a bit more time to assess it and i've not i don't want to say definitively yet which way which mm. way i want to go i might be completely wrong on that but that's that's my my feeling based on on, on anything that, that i know but there's certainly as i said pre-cardiff the noises were, David said this publicly, but I think the general noises were, no, we support David, we believe he can turn it around. Zoe Weber wrote about it in a programme column as well. Um, so no, I don't expect, I don't expect to, ch- I don't expect to change. Um, and I think they will probably see this game as a real opportunity. Obviously the flip side of that is if you don't mm. then go and win it, then a lot of fans are going to be looking at this period and going, well, why the hell did you not make a change? So it's, it's a, dangerous one that, that they're walking but um, you've got to win that game like you have you've, got to win it and I don't care if it's Wagner or, or, or blooming the digital phone or bring back Splat the Cat from the Dead we've got to beat QPR they're shit I'm not they're shit I'm not by this oh QPR and 84 they're better blah, blah, blah. come on QPR two draws in a row yeah, I don't, yeah exactly fucking win that game win that game it, it, and Connor's right the pressure's on keep David and you don't win that game Blooming heck, you've just wasted an international break. Well, you, you do have a favourable run of fixtures. You've got QPR at home, it's then Watford away, who've got their own struggles. Bristol City away, again, have got their own struggles. Preston and then Sheffield Wednesday before the East Anglian derby. So you've got a run of, you know, five games there where really you should be expecting something from each. So do you stick with David and go, you know, this is a great opportunity to really dig in a run here, or do you bring in someone new and go, here you go, nice, nice start for I, you. I don't think I don't look at look at the what was that run again? Right. So Watford away, you you've been to Watford away with me. Watford away, that ain't an easy game. I'm not I'm not having that we should get I think, we, I think they're probably playing slightly better than their league table. Absolutely you can't suggests. expect to get something like that. I I, I do think <laughs> we should be positive. Like, no, I don't know, all right, and I'm challenging you because I because I like to. Bristol have just got a new gaffer at home. So Norwich that's a tough game. Liam Manning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people wanted him. PNE were absolutely smashing it earlier on in the mm. season. So that's a tough game. Sheffield Wednesday. You've got a banana skin in Sheffield Wednesday. That's... Oh, no, no, no. I agree we should be beating them. But just like QPR, it's a banana skin. So don't be like, oh, it's a great, oh, it's a great one for David Wagner. That, there's some tough games in there, mate. I, I don't. Look at, look at the stats. Look at the data. This ain't going to get better. It's not. Sorry. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's just not. I mean, disagree with me, Connor. Do you honestly look at those uh, games and go, Dave Wagner's going to get something out of each of those games? Well, yeah, he might. But my issue is more what happens when you play the teams that you want to be challenging against mm. in the table. If you're going to keep losing those games, then you finish mid-table. So. And look what's coming up. You've got the East England derby away from home. And you've got a run of games now for a new person at the helm to try to get their way of playing you know c- cemented and solidified to 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 get those players used to playing a potentially a new style of football altogether right and so if you leave it too late and for the derby and i, I to be I, I think we'll lose the derby match anyway to be honest with you but if you keep that if you keep david wagner at the wheel for the east england derby it's going to be an absolute horror show. I, I think my my concern connor you know i look at even the last sacking of, of dean smith 
had a great opportunity going into the World Cup break. I think yes. just lost to Middlesbrough. Yeah. You go, perfect timing. And it feels like now's that opportunity. And also from a narrative around Wagner, goes out on a relative high yeah, in terms yeah. of a win against Cardiff. Look, I, you're probably right. He probably will still be here. But I'm just looking at this and going, for one, for Napa to make an instant impression and, and stamp mm. some authority and provide his own DNA and, and tell us fans, like you, you were talking about kind of optics on the last podcast quite a lot. Great look. Napa comes in. Gets his own man, mm-hmm. stamps authority, good run of fixtures. I'm just looking at this going, get it done. Get Wagner yeah. out. No, you know, goes with, with my blessing. And that, as you say, clearly a, a very nice bloke. I don't see it changing under Wagner. But let's, but you guys watching and listening, let us know at Talknorris City. Let us know your thoughts and feelings on the situation. Would you make the change now? Would you delay it any further? It, it's, as Connor said, there is some grey space in this black and white world that we live in. Connor, thanks so much. Um, keep Thank up the great work. Thank um, you. It's been a real pleasure watching your reporting and, and listening and, and reading all of the uh, Thank you very all much. of the multimedia approach that you go for nowadays. And thanks for knocking some sense into Jack on this podcast. <laughs> um, Chris, good to see you. Um, I can't wait to see what the Norwich landscape looks like when we when we jump on this podcast. Well, next. I think there might be some change, yeah. or maybe not. For all we know, when this podcast goes out. David's gone. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Thanks so much for watching. Head over to the Pink and for for brilliant Norwich City coverage, and uh, we'll see you all again very soon. Bye bye.